Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I'm here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl. What's new in our world? Uh, we're preparing for Dragon Con, because, you know, we're non-procrastinators and we always know what to do, so that's why we're planning and doing in the same month. And we, uh, yeah, not even just, it's like just two weeks away, basically, right? It's even less yeah. than that. Yeah, we're not prepared <laughs> at all. We have Luckily, ideas our for... costumes don't... Or at least our ideas for costumes don't need as much work as probably other people's that are good at stuff like that's true. But crafting even, even with ideas. our non-crafty costumes, it's hard to it's hard and expensive to find what we need <laughs> to pull yeah. these off. You want to share some of our ideas? I kind of don't, <laughs> but I will if you want to. I'll share one of our ideas. Okay. So we're definitely going to see David Tennant, who's going to be at DragonCon anytime we can. So we probably would want to do something David Tennant related. I don't know if I agree fans. with that. I don't know if I want to be in a cosplay. Like, if I can't do it well, and I guess I'm not convinced we can pull off a good cosplay. I don't want to be like with a jangly cosplay in front of uh you know him but maybe maybe i'm overthinking it yeah you are but we usually don't get it we don't, like we usually 30 don't do any afterwards. cosplay except for the parade like we're we're and always I in the parade be better. i like i like being in the cosplay I'm very it is happy. fun it is fun you're right All and right, also so. i'm disappointed in our uh dinosaur costume from last year because it was basically like not disappointed it was so good it, and it you got like, tons of attention for that like people loved that yeah but like one, I was sweaty and miserable, like, the entire time I was in there. It was, like, the entire thing was, there was no thought went into it. For those of y'all that and don't, like, I'm, sure you, wait, I'm sure you've seen, the, you know, it's one of those big inflatable kind of things. Like, where there's a fan inside that makes it go big. So, basically, you know, five-foot Hank is walking around, like, eight feet tall in this T-Rex costume. And the second, like, we never put it on, we never used it after we took it off, after the first hour of use, we didn't even you wear were, the like, entire You were sa- sweating so much. I know, but now you didn't, you didn't like, suffocate it. I want to have something, <laughs> like, comfortable and creative, and, like, also, like, the T-Rex wasn't us. We're not big Jurassic Park <laughs> fans. Like, I want to do something that, like, that's not, like, of course, other people have the same fandoms, but that's, like, kind of, like, Ours. I did enjoy being in it because I, I dressed as Hammond. Was it Hammond? Now that was that was good, and you, that looked pretty good. Together they looked great, and that was fun. Uh, so I, you know, all right. So yeah, let's 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 do some cosplay. That is a good time. So I was thinking I'd be Adam from Good Omens, the Antichrist. Now that's good. And you could be like Crowley. That would be. I mean, that's good too. Crowley just takes like you know you should dye your hair. You know you got you should have colored contacts. That's true. You know, you would something. take probably a haircut. You know, contact us with uh, if contact us with good like to go along with Adam ideas that are doable. Doable, yeah. Uh, on a limited budget with limited skills and a limited time. <laughs> uh, this is a good time to uh, make an announcement or request that you follow us, uh, the Pinecone Turkey Instagram. Because when we were down at DragonCon, we were going to be taking tons of pictures and little videos. Some will be us. Some will just be amazing costumes we see. So if you want to follow along and see what we see down at DragonCon without fighting the crowds, uh, follow us on Instagram. It was Pinecone Turkey. And you'll see some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) and we'll probably do a DragonCon preview episode, I imagine, as soon as the schedule comes out. Which we're... 
highly eagerly <laughs> anticipating. Uh, I, I check the app a couple of times a day to see if they've updated it yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did last year. I'm not doing it as much because I feel like what happened last year is, I mean, I had a bunch of fun there, but I overhyped it. I really overhyped it. So, like... Ooh, what do you mean by overhyped? Like, you got more excited and then it let you down? Or are you trying to do too much? Or I was... What? I think my idea of it was bigger than what I knew it actually would be. Like, so... Okay. I got too excited by it and it's like it shouldn't have let me down because it was a bunch of fun and it's like most is the best weekend of the year but yeah um it's like i hyped it up too much i got so you. now like i'm gonna have realistic expectations so then i can be brought up with excitement that's that's a pretty good way to go through life honestly you want to keep your expectations uh you know, low pessimistically low but you know, if you keep them low, then you're eagerly, e- easily surprised and happy when things go even better. Yes. Um, what are we talking about today, besides that long intro? <laughs> we are talking about the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. That's right. So this was cool as a PG-13 horror movie, and you don't really see those too often. So this is one you could see, and we could see together. I'm. How do you feel about horror movies in general? I don't know, I think, like, I haven't seen many of them, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of some of them. I think this might have been my first, like, in-theater horror movie. Like, of course, I've I've watched, like, others on my phone or... Right. But. Yeah, I, I bet you're right. So I'm not a huge fan of the genre. Like, it's not one, like, I don't go... Like, I haven't seen, like, the Annabelle movies or the, the Nun movie that came out. Like, I, I did, like, The Ring. I did, like, The Shining things like that but i so i don't go see every one but if there's one that comes out oh, yeah, that looks gonna... amazing like it it's coming up and i i'm excited about seeing that are you going to see doctor sleep i would like to i want to read that book first okay and then we'll then we'll see all right the scary story to tell the dark is about a group of teens who face their fears in order to save their lives ba ba bum Boom. So right, you said it was based on uh, based on. Uh, I think they take it's based on uh, the title is based off the first book of this trilogy of books I think it's of short, volume short, one, two, and three, right? Yeah, of scary of, stories to tell in the dark. Of scary stories to tell in the dark. This takes different elements from all of these stories across the three volumes. So it's kind of so. There's a there's a fairly long history of anthology horror movies. And what happens in an anthology horror movie is you have, you know, three kind of, generally three, but sometimes more, distinct stories told within the framework of one narrative that they kind of add onto to to meld those stories together. And there was a movie called VHS made by some Atlanta guys fairly, uh, you know, last 10 or 12 years that really did well as a surprise kind of indie hit that kind of reignited that genre of the anthology horror story and this is that and to me with those like first of all the the individual stories they're telling have to be great but then also the story that they're superimposing on those has to be great too and that's really hard to do uh how did you think they did i think they did i think they did good of course it was of course it wasn't like 
a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> but it wasn't, I mean, it was far from bad. I enjoyed myself all the way through, and at some points I actually got scared. Yeah, I really did too. It is cool. And also, um, I'll say also because we just recorded another podcast, but it, it gets right to it. I was really impressed, like in the first 15 minutes, of how they clearly did great kind of character work without you well, know, yeah, like the, yeah, needless they, exposition. They just kind of got into it, and you got to these character artists, and they were doing things, and they were interesting doing them right away. So, yeah, that was, they definitely did a good job of like jumping right in there. There was nothing we didn't need. Yeah. So, tell me, so did you have any relationship with these books? Um, uh, well, actually... Throughout my childhood, I've been told a lot of, like, scary stories. And without my knowledge, I think I knew it somewhere in my subconscious. Like, most of the horror stories I've been told throughout my childhood came from these books. Like, I recognize some, like, The Big Toe, I recognize from the title alone. The Scarecrow story, Harold, I recognized hearing about. And I, I think I've seen, like, something about the, like, the pimple that exploded into spiders. Oh yeah. Um, all right, so cool. So even though you had not officially like sat down and read the book, these stories have kind of made it to you. Yeah, and I, I think I've read some story. I think I you we used to have all three of them. I can't believe that I didn't read these. It's like I mean, I think I'm I was just a little bit too old for them. I think when I would have like if I was born, you know, four years later, I think they would have been like a big part of my childhood. But I I missed out on these, and I love. I love horror stories, like reading horror stories. And I love, you know, spooky, Halloween-y, dark kind of fun things. And I'm kind of, this is, seeing this movie makes me really excited for September and October. Because I think I'm just going to be all spookiness from, from. <laughs> I'm imagining you in a spooky suit just walking <laughs> around the house. As soon as I finish what I'm reading now, like... I'm going to dive into like spooky, scary stories, old ones, new ones, and maybe we can, that's something we can do together. Uh, that would be kind of fun. Well, I think, well, if we want to like continue doing this podcast and do it well and like, uh, w- watching more movies and recording more podcasts, we are going to end up having to see a lot of mm, some more well, Again, movies. it doesn't have to be seeing movies because most horror movies you can't see. So it might have to be reading scary stories. Oh, yeah. And things like that that we could tell. In the dark. <laughs> uh, all right, so do you Only want to talk a little dark. bit about the individual stories? Or do you want to talk about the whole thing? Like, was there, you know, the framework? What, uh, what's, what, what, what interests you about this that we want to talk about? Because we both liked it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of what interests me, along with, like, uh, just watching the movie and seeing these scary figures, is, like, nostalgia again because i'm like i remember this happening i remember where i was when i first heard this story oh that's fun i was nervous about seeing this because from the trailer when the trailer showed like the monsters they looked very this is gonna be silly to say fake (laughs) but they just they didn't they didn't look interesting to me or scary. They looked like the whole trailer looked interesting when they're setting up the atmosphere and all that kind of thing. And the characters were interesting. And then the monster shows up and I was like, eh. but in the actual movie, it was not, that was not the case. I enjoyed, I enjoyed all of the monsters. I thought they were really cool. Uh, so I, having not read the books, we're not positive exactly how many stories they used here, but 
we know there's at least three kind of monsters, right? Or is it four? I think there's uh, the Jangly Man. I think that's what his name is. We have yeah. Harold. Harold the uh, Scarecrow. That's right. You got the Toe Monster. And then you have the... Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Red Room Girl. Yeah, the Red Ladies. Room Girl. So, so that's four, at least four stories. And then you have, the again, the overall arching story that ties them all together is this haunted house where a girl was locked away and, you know, the, the legend in the town was that the kids would come, ask her to tell you, her, tell, tell her, tell them a scary story. And the girl's name was Sarah Bellows. That's right, Sarah Bellows. I feel like I've heard that name before. I don't know if I have either. It's a good name, right? Yeah. Um, so, and Sounds then they scary. would they would Something. hear these scary stories, and then they would die. But obviously, spoilers throughout this. So that was like the urban legend, and that's what gets them to the haunted house where one of the characters steals the book of scary stories, but it's empty. But then the stories start writing themselves in blood and coming true about each one of the characters. So that's where it kind of comes into the each character is kind of facing their fear. It's either like a dream they had or like a thought they've had or something they were dealing like with emotionally in their life. And something I'm really proud of this movie for is they weren't afraid to like kill people. Like most like more than half of the characters that were there in the beginning were dead by the end of the movie. Completely. I love that also. I, it's I, like there was no weird save. It's like, oh, he's he's dead. Okay, they got him. He's dead. Okay, they got him. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, that was really fun because so often you're so right. Like, you know they're not going to kill him, and so there's no stakes. Because you're like, whatever, I, I can close my eyes for 10 minutes. I'll miss this scene, but I know at the end it's all going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, the, you're right. This was not the case, but, and I, I'll give him props for that, too. I really like that. Um, and I know from the like the end of the movie that they're going to try to revive them, so they may not be dead by the end of the sequel. But right. But at least it's, you know, at least it was, it gave stakes to it for this first one. Yeah. So which one of, of any of the stories, like, was your favorite? Um, I liked how the jangly man, like, looked. Like, he felt really scary. So um, tell, tell him about what the jangly man is. It's like, you can, it's like this guy that, like, it looks like a zombie, basically. But with more agility and, like... He has, like, separate arms and body, like an action figure. You can take off the arms, and, like, the arm will still move and try to get you. Well, he's kind of, he's like the Frankenstein's monster in a bit. He's composed of different pieces of body parts. Yeah. That aren't, you know, that weren't one thing. He could, like, trade out an arm if he wanted to. Yeah, like an action like an action figure. figure. Uh, all right, so that I like monster the, of the story. The person that... Um, I like the monster, but the, the monster that like really made me want to go see the movie was the Red Room people. Because like when I first saw them, like you only got to see like a second of them in the trailer, and I was like, "Well, that's really that's scary looking." Yeah, that really was scary looking. So and friend- you couldn't escape them; they're like in every hallway. Right. That was that was a really cool sequence. There is apparently something called, and I'm going to butcher it, and it, I should have looked this up. I didn't think of it until now. I will, there's something in our perception. It's called like the peak of the valley or the top of the mountain or something like that. I think I know what you mean. So if you alter like the human face a little bit, 
like you make the eyes big or do something like like they did with this monster. Like it looks scary, 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 grotesque. And if you do too much, but then it becomes not scary or grotesque. It becomes so recognizably non-human that it, we're not frightened of it anymore. And they did a nice job of keeping it in that zone where it was kind of a human face, but it's kind of not a human face that really freaks us out. And I thought they did a good job with that with her. She was scary to me. And I'd love, and again, this this segment would have been, if it was, one thing to say also, in most, of, like a lot of these anthology movies, sometimes it's not a streamlined story. Like they will actually put a title up, like at the beginning of like a Stranger Things episode, you'd say like, you know, this chapter something, you know, or the, like the Red Room could have been, they could have had a title card saying the Red Room when it came to that story. But it was just all part of the seamless narrative they had created. But that Red Room and trying to see how that was going to come about was amazing. And, and the payoff pre- when they finally did everything became red was like I just got chills saying this right now. <laughs> I, I kind of predicted like the alarm would be how it was happening. Did you really? Yeah. That's awesome. Just like for one like second beforehand. I mean, I forgot about it afterward. I was but. thinking like because they teased it because like red was a uh, it was um an abbreviation for something and then it was like you know i was looking for a red paint you know on the walls and nothing they were in this institutional you know was it a hospital or a prison i can't remember it was a hospital facility but it used to be like a jail of course um so i kept waiting for them to enter a red room and then to be aware and dangerous when, when they did how they how they pulled it off and i won't spoil that is was great and self-fulfilling prophecy Really, because he created the alarm. If he just stayed there, it wouldn't happen. Isn't that and that is classic storytelling? That's all the way, you know, from um, Oedipus the King. You know, you you see your fate, and by trying to avoid your fate, you actually seal your fate. I mean, that's 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 the human condition, right? Yeah. Uh, and and classic old school storytelling. Um, what was so? As was there another? What about the characters? Let's talk a little bit about them. Uh, that main group of kids. And what did you think of the characters? What did you think of their dynamic? And the we can talk about the acting also. Um, I mean, all the characters felt like believable, real people. They did. They did to me, too. And this is, uh, I don't know, this is, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. But oftentimes in, you know, Hollywood productions, like the the ugly friend is actually a really beautiful person, like with a pair of glasses. You know, that kind of thing. And I thought all these characters... They were believably human They were believably human, yeah. Even, like, the, quote, hot girl who was going on the date with the bully, like, you know, wasn't that hot. Like, you know, and, like, she she actually also had, like, you know, pimples. You know, again, now part of that played into the story they were doing later, but, like, it was was all very believable. I could feel her, like, being, like, some, like, uh, stereotype character, like, oh! But she was like, nope, well, if I wasn't so stressed because of you, I wouldn't have this. Yeah, I really <laughs> dug the dynamic between the brother and sister there. And, and I guess the lead character, and I could, and I, the one who steals the book, originally, she was great. You completely believed that she could be a nerdy, like, sci-fi, fantasy, horror writer in high school with not a lot of friends, but like, but still having... You know, this close group of friends who really know her and get her. And, of course, she had some backstory, you know, that was cool uh, regarding her family's past. And that emotional arc, that part of that felt a little added on. Uh, 
about it not being her fault. You know, that's oh like yeah, the whole, she has you know abandonment issues. So most of that was really well done. So some of it maybe 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 not. But she uh, the acting was great. Like they were believable. They were good. Um, and another thing I liked because I was worried they'd be like, "Well, it's Sarah Bellows. It isn't your fault either." But I'm glad, like she was like, "No, it is your fault. You killed these people." Yeah, that was kind of the arc. Like the original stuff wasn't your fault, but now, like, yes, these deaths are on you. That's yeah, <laughs> which is really pretty great. Like you were the victim, and this is a nice thing. Uh, again, we're talking about good thematically for why do we tell stories? We tell stories to teach ourselves and to remind ourselves and to how to learn how to live. So that's a good point. So. There are times where bad, horrible things are going to happen to you from other people, probably. But that doesn't mean you're like the pain you suffer. You have to deal with that. It is you're not justified at then going forth and con- causing other people pain, even though somebody's caused you pain. That's that's not how we want to live as a as society. And that was great. Like that was a really cool lesson. Uh, atmospherically, I liked that it was it took place like in the Vietnam War. In the '60s, that was kind of cool because um, it was in a small town. It just it was set up for like oh, again, and dark, spooky, fun things to happen. Another thing that like felt maybe cooler for me personally is that Suspicious Minds book is very Vietnam centered. Yeah, that's that. Is, oh, that's cool. That's nice. You were you were so that it was universe more Vietnam twice recently. That was very very cool. What uh? How did they end it as far as like bringing a possible sequel coming up? And um, what do you think that would be? I think the possible sequel is they would be messing with the book, trying to like revive these people, and then more monsters come somehow. Yeah, like maybe like old monsters from stories that Cerebello's written earlier, or maybe like this would be a little like lazier. The monsters that got the other people, they have to face them. Right. Yeah, I'll be curious to and see. And I'm kind of was imagining in my head, like, well, what if like a story gets written about the guy who goes off to Vietnam in the end, like again, so we could get like maybe half the movie would be in Vietnam and half the movie would be there, and a monster could appear in Vietnam and right. You know, I had a thought last night, or maybe it was during it was recent. We saw I saw the trailer for it, Chapter Two again. You know, and that's that's kind of them as adults dealing with what they're in the, in the book. You know, it kind of goes back and forth. It's not kind of separate like that, if I remember correctly. But I, it made me think of Stranger Things and wondering because those kids. I've not finished season three yet, but you know, such a jump in age with those kids. Like, I wonder after at some point, like, do they stop making it, and then the Duffer Brothers come back twenty five years later when they're all adults? and get them back together. Like, I already started looking forward to that, which I imagine would happen. Now, well, and you probably also thought of Stranger Things since the lead guy, Mike, is one of the losers club kids. Is one of and the what? The, uh, Mike from Stranger Things is one of the losers club kids in the first, and, well, not the first Ed, but the uh, oh, is before it? sequel, is he? he's one of the loser club kids. He's the one that's now played by that uh, guy. He's the guy with the glasses. I don't remember who that is. The James McAvoy character? No, no, no. no, no. no. All right. So, the one oh. that looks more nerdy. Gotcha. As an adult and as a kid. Cool. I'm glad he's getting more work. Those, those kids are all good. Um, yeah, so uh, anything else you want to say about it before we rate it? Uh, no. 
All right. So what uh, what would you give it? I would give it an, uh, B plus A minus. Pick one. <laughs> um, I don't want to be too positive, but A minus. All right. Cool. I'm gonna give it a B plus. I okay. really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're waffling, man. <laughs> so, uh, but also, yeah. So B plus A minus. You know, that's 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 about where it falls. I would I'd go see it if I were y'all. Yeah. Uh, and I'd see it on the big screen because it is kind of, it's a nice also, again, yeah, it's mid-August. It's really, really hot, at least in Georgia. But I've got a, I've got a hankering now for some fall temperatures, football, and scary short stories and scary books and scary movies. Let's, let's dive in after Dragon Con. Yeah. Let's dive in to scary stuff for fall. And we'll podcast about that. And if you guys have any ideas... Let us know. You can always email us at info at pineconeturkey.com. And if you have things that we should read that will be scary or go see or go do, you know, I know we got to go hunt pumpkins at some point. Oh, yeah, uh, that'll be fun. I'm ready for fall. You can probably tell that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> ready for fall, too. I'm, I'm enjoy, I, I've enjoyed the summer, and it's time for fall. Amen. Amen. Go team. Uh, what are you reading these days? Um... I don't think I'm uh, reading anything currently. The, so you're looking for something? I'm looking for something. I, I want to read another for? Neil Gaiman book. Oh. I want to read another cool, like, I feel like... Cause what about Neil, a Nancy Boys? Did you finish that? You started it at some point. Oh, yeah, I don't think I ever did, but I don't want to. I want to read a new, uh, like, not connected to American Gods or Good Why don't you read one of the short story collections? Though that would also be great for September. It's, you know, spooky. But you could start early if you wanted to. Yeah, um, but like he has a good way of like because American Gods is still the best book I've ever read, and like he has a good way of like it being like big and epic, but also being like small. And yeah, like I really like that, like the like the second act of American Gods where he's in the town. No and spoilers. No spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not rob somebody the pleasure of American Gods. Uh, but yes, I agree. And I actually found a cool thing online that I'm going to send out in the next Flock email. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the Flock email is the twice-a-month newsletter that Pinecone Turkey sends out. The first has your minimum monthly dose of art, and the second one has updates on podcasts such as this one, and updates also on personal projects that we may be working on. But I found a very cool Neil Gaiman short story that Neil Gaiman reads and somebody animated it. And it was like a proof of concept video that somebody made without Neil's permission sent it to Neil and said hey this is what I can do I want to do even more and even better with this story you know can I have your permission to do this and he said yes and so now it's being made as it was the, they did a big kickstarter for it so this was like the one he did like well, for 6 to 7 for years that kickstarter. ago we well yeah we might we could i think they i think they're funded i think it's all i think it's all happening we're just wait, I'm way too late to the game on it but anyways, I think I'm going to send that out on the first as part of the flock email. So look for that if you're interested. It's a good, it's a cool little short story. Uh, and well done on the animation. And I can imagine it's going to be really, really great uh, when he does, you know, has the money to make it better. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm still reading The Goldfinch, but Donna Tart. I'm just in the beginning of it. I'm still reading uh, Dreyer's English. Uh, and I really, uh, I'm, I'm digging both of them, but I'm just at the beginning of those. But since I wanted to get to scary stuff in the fall, I need to, I'm going to get on it. 
and be reading faster. I usually like to go slow, but uh, I'm not going to do that this time. Got to go fast. Cool. So we've got uh, a movie. Go see Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. We think you'll enjoy it. Until we meet again. Until we meet again. Good night, gamers. <laughs>